If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Alyssa Milano, and this is Sorry Not Sorry. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, and we talked about the CARES Act, which is the stimulus bill Congress passed in response to the coronavirus. Senator Schumer was the lead negotiator for the Democrats and had to make the difficult decision to block passage of the initial bill because of huge problems in the Republicans' proposal. These included a $3 billion bailout for big oil, lack of oversight, and less help to the people who needed it most. Blocking the bill was politically difficult, but corrected these problems and more. This work was so very important, and Senator Schumer provided insight into the process of getting it done. On Capitol Hill this morning, lawmakers are racing to pass a trillion-dollar economic relief On Capitol Hill, senior lawmakers negotiated late into the night on a massive stimulus bill that would give financial relief to Americans Democrats in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. With some party leaders claiming the bill is friendlier to corporations. We Senate Democrats have a plan that called Workers First. We want the help to go just to the people who are losing their jobs and have to pay monthly bills, not just a one-time shot of money, and then what do they do next month when they have a Capitol mortgage Hill or a Senators rent? senators are back to negotiating this morning after they failed to agree on a nearly $2 trillion Democrats relief Democrats had bill. twice rejected Senate Republicans' earlier version of the bill, arguing that it lacked proper oversight. The new version has an inspector general and an oversight board. Minority leader Chuck Schumer said the deal would include $150 billion in aid to state and local governments, on top of support for hospitals, corporations, and unemployed workers. This is a good ending. Twists and turns were enormous. There were some down moments. But as you know, those of you who kept asking me, are we going to get a bill? I always had faith we would. First of all, tell me how you're doing. Where are you? Are you isolating? Brooklyn. Yes, I couldn't wait. I was in Washington for two weeks working on the legislation. It was one of the most intense experiences I've ever had. So at midnight on Wednesday night, Thursday morning, when we finished the legislation, I got in the car at midnight and drove back to New York till 4.30 a.m. I am staying in our apartment in Brooklyn, but because my daughter and son-in-law and my one-year-old grandson, their son, uh, doesn't have much room in theirs, they're with us as well. And it's great to have everyone together. And my yeah. other daughter and her wife comes over all the time for dinner. They're nearby. But chasing a one-year-old around the house, <laughs> I forgot what it's like. Oh, I know. My brother has a one-year-old, and they're just getting stir-crazy. 
Let's talk about the stimulus bill. I mean, how did it come to be? Let's talk about some of the things that were included that you fought to remove. Look, first, this administration's been behind the ball for a long time, whether it's on the testing kits. In late January, I'd suggested they call for a national emergency. It took them over a month to do it. And of course, now we're paying the price with ventilators, PPE, gloves, masks, and all the things we need here in New York and people need around the country. So they've been behind the eight ball. When it came to the stimulus bill, because I knew they would be so stingy, the first one they proposed a billion and a half dollars, you know, this was just on the medical side to deal with vaccines and stuff, and they took half of it out of 500 million out of Ebola, which is still raging in Africa, that we better get moving ourselves. So we proposed something that we called Workers First Marshall Plan for Hospitals. We proposed that instead of helping the big corporations first, we help all the innocent people who are losing their jobs for no reason and make sure they're made whole. And even more importantly, that we get the health care resources we need right to the front lines. Yeah. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, they first began to talk to us and then all of a sudden, On Saturday night, they pulled out of negotiations and put in a bill that was basically just two things. It did have something that was okay, which was direct money to people, but they proposed $1,200 for middle-class people and $600 for poor people. And it was a one-shot deal. You know, maybe it would help you pay your rent the first month, but what about months two, three, and four? And then they proposed a $400 billion sort of bailout to big corporations with no oversight. No one would know who got the contracts, what the contracts were for months and months and months. So we blocked their bill. And that was hard, very hard. One of the hardest decisions I've had to make because people were clamoring for help. But I realized and our caucus realized and everyone from Bernie Sanders to Joe Manchin, from the most liberal to the most conservative was united here, that this bill was not going to be just with us for days or weeks, but months and even years. And here's Mm. what we proposed in it. One, we proposed a Marshall Plan for hospitals, $150 billion to go to hospitals for ventilators, PPE and equipment, for new doctors and nurses, for new hospital beds. And we made it flexible. So let's say a nurse retired at age 40 to raise her kids, but she wanted to come back given the emergency. Uh, There would be money to watch her kids who were no longer in school to do that. So that was number one. They had proposed uh, much, much less for hospitals. Second, we proposed something very novel called unemployment insurance on steroids. And what it said was, if you were laid off through no fault of your own, let's say you're a waiter at a restaurant, no one was showing up at the restaurant, or working in a small business that had no orders, the federal government would pay you your full salary or very close to it for four months till July 31st. That would get the money where it's needed to the people who were laid off, et cetera. And what we proposed there, which I thought was really pretty smart, was we proposed that the companies who laid you off would instead furlough you which means you'd stay officially on their payroll, although the federal government was paying your salary, but you'd keep whatever benefits they gave you, health or whatever. And most Mm. importantly, because you were furloughed, when, God willing, this coronavirus crisis and scourge is over, the businesses would be able to reassemble quickly. The restaurant would still have its cook and its maitre d' and its waiters and waitresses and all on the payroll, and they could jump right up. So we proposed that. We propose that every small business, profit and nonprofit, there are a lot of nonprofits, would get interest-free loans. We would be paying their personnel expenses, 
But what about mortgage? What about utilities? What about these interest-free loans? And if they kept a high percentage of their employees, 90% or so, those loans would be forgiven when they hired them back. So those businesses could stay in existence. And we did it for middle-sized businesses and larger businesses too, not the Fortune 1000, but everybody else. And finally, this $400 billion corporate giveaway, we proposed really tough oversight that every contract they signed would be made public, all of it, not parts of it, in 14 days. I worked with Elizabeth Warren on this, who was really good at the oversight of the old TARP, and we proposed several layers of oversight with subpoena power so they could find out what's going on here. And we also said to any business that wants these loans, even the bigger ones, that you get your money forgiven if you keep all your employees or very close to all. One final thing, forbearance. No foreclosure on mortgages, no eviction of renters who can't pay. And that's for six months. So that should prevent people from losing their homes or losing their apartments. So it was a much better bill. We held out and the Republicans had no choice but to vote for it. And in a act of real bipartisan statesmanship, this bill, which is probably the largest governmental undertaking since probably the Great Society, um, was passed 96 to nothing. Our Republican friends realized that we had to be large and strong. So I guess what I'd say is quick help, bold help is on the way. Now we have to make sure the administration, which is not known for its competence, implements it properly. Right. Well, and especially since Reagan, it's been the Republicans' core identity to cut social welfare programs like cash assistance and food stamps, you know, and health care while deregulating businesses and pushing for things like 401k accounts over pensions. Do you think it it's fair to say that both the human and economic toll of this crisis is worse because of those policies? Yes. Our social programs were not prepared for this. Uh, corporations got away with far too much. And I hope that this reversal, which certainly happened in a big, bold way, stays with us. Because, you know, in this new world where technology is so dominant and big, huge forces put huge pressure on people, you need a government that's stronger. And that helps people, not helps just the big boys. What you said is accurate, Alyssa. And I think that it may portend the future in a better way than we've had in the last 30 years since Reagan. You're right. Well, it doesn't help that this man goes up there and implies things like healthcare workers in New York are stealing medical supplies. I mean, who does that? Yeah. And, and the unpreparedness and the erraticness of the presidential leadership is just appalling. And bragging about your ratings and all of this while people are dying, while, while nurses and doctors are terrified to go to work. So I just want to ask you, and this will be my last question for you because I know you're so busy. What is your message to healthcare workers and first responders who are literally risking their lives right now to keep us safe? Thank you, is my message. These people are amazing. You know, after 9-11, we so, so embraced and loved those, the police, the fire, the construction workers who rushed to the tower. These are the same people, but they're healthcare workers. They have rushed to danger. They have put their lives at risk for the common good. And they are beautiful and wonderful. And we treasure you. We embrace you. And we're going to support you. This Marshall Plan for Hospitals, if it's administered correctly by the Trump people, should get you the help you need quickly. Thank you very much, Senator Schumer, for all your work. And I just I have so much respect for how hard Congress has been working on this bill for the people. Hold each other tight. 
Stay safe, stay home. I am with you. Sorry Not Sorry is executive produced by Alyssa Milano. That's me. Our associate producer is Ben Jackson. Editing and engineering by Natasha Jacobs. And music by Josh Cook, Alicia Eagle, and Milo Bugliari. That's my boy. Please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and spread the word. Sorry, not sorry.